Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Hey, today... Um, I will not be preaching at you this morning, uh, which I know is a relief for some of you. Thank you. Um, but uh, this morning, we have the distinct pleasure of hearing from my bride, uh, our other half of pastor here, Pastor Robin. She's got an amazing word. Uh, we've been talking about it all week, and I'm so, so excited because it's such a core value of who we are as a church. So would you do me a favor for my sake and for hers? Would you stand your feet and welcome my wife to the stage as she comes to bring the word today? Love you. You look great. Can you? Can you give it up for Tim for drumming this morning? That was fun, right? Also, I think we need to give it up for Manny for getting baptized, because not only did you get baptized this morning, but you did a trust fall. That was awesome. Do you see him? He was like, maybe? That was fun. Hey, we love to have fun at church. You can sit down. You can sit down. I'm going to try and get my massive iPad (laughs) open here. No joke, I used to not be able to see. I got a birthday present though, I got LASIK. But I still am into my old ways. This spins, isn't that fun? So I have a massive iPad, which is awesome, and I just had to point that out because it looks like I just opened up my laptop here for you. Well, I wanna welcome you to church this morning, and I actually met a few new people. Um, How cool are our bus ads? Because they're bringing people to church. Met some fun people, James and Molly. I'm so glad you guys, Molly, is that right? Holly, I'm gonna, Molly Holly, you have two names now. Glad you guys are here. Um, We are in the middle of a series that we opened up last week called Welcome Home. And Welcome Home isn't just a slogan around here. It's not just something that is like a kitschy phrase that we put out on a banner in our lobby or put on different materials to invite people. But Welcome Home is the culture that we are creating here at the Father's House. See, culture is something that is felt. It's the collective convictions or practices of a group of people. And when you walk into a space, you can feel the culture. And through this series, we are intentionally talking about the type of culture that God has called our church to create here in this part of the city. Last week, Tim opened up um, the first part of culture that we are creating, and he talked about how we belong first. Our first value is that no matter what people are like, no matter who they are outside of the church, they walk in here. We want them to know that before they believe what we believe or behave the way that they behave, that they belong here, that we are an inclusive crew over here and that everybody is welcome just as they are. So that was our first value. And actually, if you weren't here this last week, I wanna invite you guys to go on our website, tfh.church. You can click on watch and listen and all of our sermons will be up there every single week. So you can go on there and check it out. And actually, I'll let the cat out of the bag for you about everything that we're going to be talking about in this series because you can find our values on our website as well. And you can see what we're going to be preaching through this whole series. You can know. I don't care. So check that out if you haven't already. Well, today I'm excited to talk to you about another imperative to our culture and that is this value. Tim mentioned it earlier. It is the value of experience God. I think we're going to put that up on the screen. It says that life is found in God's presence and we will make a place for people to encounter him. 
This isn't just a slogan, but we truly believe that life is found in the presence of God. And this morning, we're going to go into a story in the Bible that I think best illustrates what it is that I want people to encounter when they walk into our church. So if you will, you can turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 16, and I'll give you a little backdrop before we get into our full text. Um, This is a story about the Apostle Paul and his buddy named Silas, and they are out on a missionary journey. They're going to different parts of of the world because God's saying, hey, I want you to take my good news. I want you to bring the gospel to these different areas. So Paul and Silas are on this journey. They're going around sharing the good news. And one night, Paul has a vision. And God says to Paul in this vision, he says, hey, you need to head to Macedonia. So Paul's like, he is a great apostle. And he's like, yes, sir, we will do this. Jesus, we are on our way to Macedonia. So Paul grabs Silas. They head to Macedonia. And they end up in a city called Philippi. Now, in Philippi, they're ready to spread the message. Like, you know the Apostle Paul, like he knows his mission and he is ready to tell people about Jesus and spread the good news. He's ready to gather any believers, anybody who's already heard the good news and he's there for a mission. So they head out and they're getting ready to approach a group of people when this woman approaches them. And this isn't just any woman. This is a demon-possessed woman who comes up to Paul and Silas. And she actually was a fortune teller. She was prophetic, but like not with Jesus. She's like the other way. She's ready to tell people's fortunes. And so Paul and Silas get approached by this woman and she begins to proclaim why Paul and Silas were there. So this whole crowd's around and this woman just starts bantering like, they're here, they're here to tell you about the most high God. But her message, like it wasn't good. It was a demonic message that she was trying to send to these people. She was trying to confuse the people that were here to hear the message that Paul and Silas had. So Paul begins to ignore, like just kind of presses her aside and they begin to address the people. But day after day, this woman kept coming back and kept shouting to the crowd and trying to share the message with the people for Paul and Silas. So finally, Paul gets irritated and he's like, I have to do something about this. So as the woman was shouting to everyone, Paul shouts back at this woman and he says, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And the woman gets delivered. And all of us Christians go, woo, for deliverance. Yeah, that's amazing. But this wasn't so good for Paul and Silas. See, this woman didn't work for herself as a fortune teller, but she actually had a master. I like to think of them as demon pimps. No? Is that weird? Anyway, so the demon pimps come along to Paul and Silas, and they're like, what have you done? Because she made them so much money, and now she lost her incredible gift. So they are so mad at them, they drag them out into the marketplace, and the Bible says they bring them to the authorities to tell them what they've done. So we're going to pick up our text in verse 22. You can put that up on the screen. Well, ooh, both of them. You are still welcome home as we read this message. I'm going to read it for you. They'll get it in a second. So verse 22 says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. 
The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet into stalks or shackles. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. And suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation, and the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every single prisoner fell off. Come on, will you pray with me this morning as we dive in? Father, we thank you that we get the opportunity to gather so freely this morning to lift up your name and worship God, to listen to what it is you want to speak. I pray every heart would be open this morning and that you would speak what it is you want to get across. God, we love you this morning and we thank you for the opportunity to sit in this room and to honor your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, when I was 17 years old, I got invited by a friend to the father's house in Vacaville. Now, if you don't know where Vacaville is, it's the location you stop to pee on your way to Tahoe, or you hit up the outlets because they've got some killer deals. So a friend invited me to this church, and uh, it was meeting at the time at a community center called Three Oaks Community. It was a rented facility. So I showed up that morning, and what was funny is I had actually shown up to that same community center the night before, because at, on Saturday nights in Vacaville, what we did was we went to the community center where local bands would play, and we would stay up late, our ears would be ringing, and we would listen to these amateur bands, amateur bands. <laughs> Actually, the drummer this morning, Pastor Tim, was one of the drummers in one of the bands that I would go and see. Aw. Hey, babe, I just, I just want to say I'm so proud of you for keeping your shirt on this morning. <laughs> oh, if I could show you the pictures of young Tim. Another day, another day. So <laughs> just check our Facebook. I'm sure they're on there. Um, so I showed up to this church, and I actually came alone. And, but... What was funny is I felt familiar with the building, so I'm like, it's fine, I think I know where to go. So I came to the church alone, expecting to maybe see my friend there. So he had been going to church for a while, but at 17, I had found myself in this place where I was starting to drift from God, where what I didn't realize because I hadn't dealt with the things of my past, the things, the encounters that I had had and um, the bad stuff that had happened to me that I never really let out, I was letting that bottle up inside of me and all of a sudden, I just started to feel far from God. I felt broken, yet I was clinging to this hope that I knew, God, there's gotta be more. There's gotta be more. And there was nothing against the church I was going to. I just somehow had found myself settling in this stagnant place. And I knew that there was more. Because I was desperate, I was willing to go to church by myself. So what I, I did what any person does who comes to church by themselves. You show up a little bit late. You come in during the first song of worship. And you find a spot in the back of the room towards the back. Because we know if we sit in the back, we've got an easy escape route. Am I right? I see you. I know you. I was you. So I sat in the back of the room, and worship starts to, is going, and I'm like, well, I guess I should stand. So I stand up, and I found myself gripping the chair in front of me. I was so uncomfortable. I had questions for God. I felt uncomfortable being in this new space, but mostly I was just hurting inside. 
And I remember I lo- started looking around and there was a bunch of people around me that started singing and were lifting their hands. Some of them were smiling from ear to ear as they sang. Some of them had tears in their eyes. And I remember thinking, did they send the real Christians, like the super Christians around me? Are they trying to recruit me? Like all these people. And I'm like just watching them worship. But then I realized the whole room, almost the whole room had their hands lifted. I'm like, what is this place? So the next song, before the next song starts, the worship leader at the time said something along the lines of, hey, don't know what brought you to church today. And I don't know what's going on in your life, whether your life is going really good or really bad. But I want you to know that God wants to meet with you this morning. And I remember those words penetrating my heart and me questioning, really? God wants to meet with me? How? So I sat there, or stood there, listening, and I began to feel like the words coming out of the people's mouths around me started hitting my very soul. The words, these words that they were just singing. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna give this a shot. I don't know this song. So I looked up to the screen, and as best I could, I started singing the song. And all of a sudden, as the people's words hit my heart, and as I opened up my mouth and tried to join them, strained to join them, I felt peace enter my heart. All of a sudden, it started to feel like a little sliver of heaven was starting to get inside my soul. I started to look around and I saw people lifting their hands even higher if that was possible. I started seeing people kneeling down on the ground. And something in me was like, I think I can do it. And I began to lift just one hand because that's like not as much as this. So I lifted that one hand and I felt like I was reaching up to God. In that moment, I felt like heaven was open in this room. And to me, that was so odd because I had been in that same room the night before. It was filled with people the night before. There was a band on stage the night before. But how did this room feel entirely different that morning as I stood there in worship? So this morning, what I want you to hear from my story, what I want you to get is that I was in a rented space. I was in Three Oaks Community Center, and that building wasn't designed so that people could come and worship there. But when a collective group of people came together and they lifted up their voices and they worshiped God, something happened in that room and they created a place for me to come and encounter a God who I hadn't encountered like that ever before. They created that place for me. And when I started dreaming, as Tim and I started talking and dreaming and listening to God about what type of church he wanted to start here in San Francisco, what I wanted people to feel, what I wanted people to experience when they walked in the doors of our church. I thought back to my moment. I thought back to the moment where I was a little scared. I was a little timid. I was questioning God and I was broken. And I walked into a room and I found a place where someone created a spot for me to have a chance to encounter God. And just like me on that day, we find ourselves here at the Scottish Rite Center in a rented building in a similar situation. Do you know that 
this building has nothing to do with what God is doing in this place? Do you know that the Masonic man mural out in the lobby that I strategically put a um, massive sign in front of to cover up has nothing to do with God, what God's doing in this place? The creepy men that are staring down at us right now, they have nothing to do. Do you know that the songs that we sing, those those, you know, the set list that we choose doesn't even have something to do, but it has everything to do with the group of people that come in and bring their worship to God and create a place where others can encounter him. And if we can draw some things out of this story from Paul and Silas, and that's what I want to do. I want to draw a few things out of this story this morning. Because I believe that there are people just like me outside of these room, this room. People that are far away, people that are hopeless, people that are broken and addicted. And I believe that we can create a place for them to come and for them to encounter God just like I did. We want people to live, leave here different than they came. I want to leave here every week different than I came. But people that, are, that have never heard the name of Jesus spoken over them, the hope that they would leave here and they would leave with life. That word life means zoe. It means the fullness of God. And I know we're like, one day in heaven, fullness of God, it's going to be glorious. But do you know that the fullness of God is available here on earth? that heaven actually came down to earth, that God made a way so that we could encounter him. It says the realities of heaven where there is no sickness, there is no hurting, that those things are available today. We prayed for that this morning during communion, that people that are broken and hurting or people that are sick in their body, that heaven can come down and meet earth. And I believe that this can happen. And I wanna pull a few things out of this story. How can we create a place for this to happen? See, culture doesn't just happen by default. Like the presence of God and the things that we experience this morning here in worship, they don't just happen by default. It's not just like the sovereign hand of God, like maybe God will show up this morning. I'm so like, I wonder if he will. Like maybe just today he'll show up. No, but it takes a, a collective effort of a group of people that are loving God to come and create a place. So I want to draw a few thoughts out of the story of Acts chapter 16 with Paul and Silas. The first thing that I see from this story is that people that they, Paul and Silas, and we have the opportunity to worship regardless of our circumstances. Let me talk to the believers, the mature Christians in the room this morning, because they know you're here. You're not just here to get something out of the service. You're not just here to get something out of church, but you're here to bring something. You're here to bring something. So Paul and Silas, midnight was not the most convenient time for them to worship God. Like I could think of a million other things, mostly sleeping, that I would want to be doing at midnight. And sometimes it's hard to worship because of our circumstances. You maybe had a rough week. You maybe had to drag your kids out of the house to even get to church. 
some things in your life could stop you. And sometimes I see this. I see Christians walking in the, the room, mature believers walking in the room on a Sunday morning, looking up to the worship leader as if, hey, what do you got for me this morning? What have you brought for me? Jonah, the set list had better be amazing. Where are you, Jonah? Got to look at you. Caitlin, you better sing something prophetically over me. I've had a rough week and I need a word from God. Are you ready? I'm here. I'm here to receive the worship, Caitlin. And we put all the pressure on the band, on the team, who they've done their due diligence. I know they meet with God and they spend time with him and they bring a great set list. But we look at them to say, bring the worship and I'm here to receive. Or there's some people in the room who are like, you know, I'm just not much of a worshiper. Like God didn't give me a voice so I can sit down during this time tell you what, God didn't give me a voice, but I screech something out every single day of my life and the Lord loves it. Or maybe you're the person who's like, you know, I'm just more of a word guy. I hear that Tim, he's a good communicator. So I'm just here for the word. Like worship is just like warm up, I guess. And we're just here for the word. But did you know that worship is something that every believer should bring into this place? And I got news for you. We're going to be worshiping God for like ever if you're in eternity. If you're, you're headed to heaven, like holy, holy, holy. We're joining the angels. So let's get used to doing it now. So we've got to worship God regardless of our circumstances. Another way that we can make a place for people to encounter God is we can prepare the way. You know, Paul and Silas were able to pray and worship inside of that prison because they knew how to pray and worship outside of the prison. Our day shouldn't look like, oh, maybe I'm going to read a verse and then I'm going to move on. Our life should look like worship. We should be preparing the way. We should have such a vision of what God wants to do on a Sunday morning in other people's lives that it drives us to worship and meet with God on our own. You know, Paul and Silas they went to the synagogue. They worshiped with the other believers. They gathered from house to house, but they worshiped on their own as well. And they carried something. Paul was like, hey, Silas, you know, they're driving to the synagogue. And Paul's like, turn this up, Silas. Like, this is my jam. We're going to worship God. They prepared their hearts. And I believe with Paul and Silas, they're sitting in a dungeon. And I believe that we're, there was something inside of Paul in that moment. I believe Paul walked into that prison expectant, expectant for a miracle, expectant for God to show up and do something. And why do I think that? I think that because it says that God gave Paul a vision that he was to go to Macedonia. God didn't give him a vision just to go to Macedonia to sit in a prison cell, but God gave him a vision to go to Macedonia to make a difference. So when Paul found himself in the midst of the prison, I think he thought, this sucks. My back hurts from being beaten, but I'm expecting, I believe God's going to move. And when we walk in this room on Sunday morning, church, I want us to walk in expectant for God to move. The reason I believe that is because he said, hey, Father's house, hey, Tim and Robin, hey, team, follow them to this city because I have something to do in this city. He gave us a vision for this place. 
So I don't walk in here to sing some songs and listen to a message and go on my merry way. I walk in expecting for God to move, move in the lives of the people that find themselves in this place. So we have to prepare the way. Let's come expectant church. Let's come expectant for what God wants to do and how he wants to encounter other people in this place. The last way I think that we make a place for people to encounter God is that we keep the focus on Jesus. See, the attention is never supposed to be on us. Paul and Silas were beaten before they were thrown into prison. It actually says that they were brought before the authorities and thrown right into prison. Do you see there was no trial here? Paul and Silas were unjustifiably thrown in that prison. They had a lot of other things that they could have been thinking about in that moment when they sat in the prison. But instead of thinking how their back hurt, instead of thinking how, it was wrong, how they'd been wronged, they focused their attention on Jesus. And it blows my mind sometimes when I walk into church or the things that I see, the way that we can put our focus and attention on other things besides Jesus. Because it seems obvious Jesus is the one that we're worshiping. Jesus is the one that our focus and our attention is on. Yet sometimes you see things happen where the attention is taken off of Jesus. I'm just going to give you a couple examples because it's fun. Sometimes you maybe hear the extra much like Sister Susie Vibrato right behind you when you're worshiping. You're like, the room is literally shaking from your vibrato right now. Like, what is going on? And she's just in it, but she's like, do you hear my vibrato? Do you, Pastor, do you hear my vibrato? Do you hear how good? And she like strategically places herself near the pastor because she's like, I'm not on the worship team, but I really want to be on the worship team. So if you hear me. Or sometimes you see people bring objects into church and you're like, well, your bag's full. You got a lot of Bibles in there? No, I brought my tambourine. Just know here at the Father's house, we will never plant musicians in the crowd five rows back with an instrument. So if they have a tambourine, we didn't invite that. Tambourines are great, but could you imagine the person who walks in the room for the first time and they're standing next to the person with the tambourine and it's like completely offbeat and they're just going to town and they're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? What is this place? Or, listen, I love flag waving. Like, it's awesome. My kids actually thoroughly enjoy flag waving. Went to a church one time. They're like, mom, what are these? This is awesome. And they're just like going for it. So I bought them some material and my kids run around the house and I'm like, worship the Lord as you do. Go for it, kids. But that's one thing that you'll probably, well, no, that's one thing you'll never see here at the father's house. Why? Well, I think of the person who came for the first time. I think of the person who's far away from Jesus that doesn't understand church and they're like, already uncomfortable because they're in this place where we're singing and all of a sudden they get sideswiped or hit in the head with a flag or it's, they're like, what is this? Or like the conga worship line. I don't know. I wasn't at church in that era. Like, but that won't happen here. Why? Because we want to keep the focus on Jesus. Those things are good and they have their place, but a different place than here because we want to keep the focus on Jesus. We have to sometimes put our personal preferences aside. You know, you're not, 
Why aren't you playing uh, Elevation? Have you heard their new album, Jonah? Why are you stuck in Hillsong? What is going on? Like, I'm not going to worship until, like, I really feel it. Like, I just don't feel this song right now. No, I don't care what the set list is. We're here to focus on Jesus, to keep our attention on him, to make a way so that people can encounter him. And we will do everything in our ability to keep it that way. So we put our personal preferences aside so that we can make a place for people to encounter him. Amen? And actually, you guys can come. We're going to close in a minute. See, when we do these things, when we worship regardless of our circumstances, when we prepare the way and we keep the focus on Jesus, when we do these things, we create a place for people to go from listening to life. Listening to life. See, back to our text, Paul and Silas were in the midst of that prison and they were shackled and they began to lift their worship to God. They began to focus their attention on Jesus. And the Bible says that as they were worshiping, as their song was being lifted up, that the prisoners were listening When we walk in on a Sunday, there's a whole bunch of people that aren't worshiping yet because they don't know, and that's okay. And if you're here this morning and you're like, yeah, I don't know why you sing yet, but I'm here, and you guys are friendly, so I'm going to keep coming. But we find a a group of people that are listening, just like the prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas as they lifted up their worship to God. Psalms 22.3 talks about how God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits. That means when we worship, we create a place for God to show up. As we lift our worship, God shows up and he inhabits our praise. He comes close. And if we think about the prisoners in that, in that cell with Paul and Silas, they weren't worshiping God. They were just simply listening. But as we lift up our voices in praise, God inhabits it and he comes and he doesn't just affect my life as I lift my worship, but he affects the whole room as I lift my worship. It says that Paul and Silas were praising God, the prisoners were listening, and then suddenly, suddenly, all the chains fell off. Not just Paul and Silas's, but every prisoner who wasn't worshiping, their chains broke off. Do you know this happens on Sundays when we gather and we lift up our worship together? That it's not just for us, but there is an opportunity for people around you to be set free because of your voice being lifted up to God. Today, this value, experience God, it most closely aligns with our vision statement here at the Father's house. And you can see it up, right up there. It says that the Father's house exists to see people discover life in Jesus. Our job, Father's house, the Father's house, remember, it's not a building. 
It's not just a name, but it's a group of people. Our job is to exist so that other people can discover life. My job is to exist so that others can discover life. I moved to San Francisco a year ago so that I would exist, my sole purpose, so that others would find life. I show up here at seven o'clock in the morning with a group of people and we transform this space because we exist so that others will find life. And if you're thinking about it, about calling the Father's house your home, then I want you to know what you're signing up for. You're signing up for to exist so that other people would find life. And I wanna invite you, if you wanna jump on that team, come hang out with me at seven. I'll show you how we transform this space. If you love kids, I want you over there showing them how you can God can transform their lives. I want you to jump on team with us because we exist, our purpose is to be here so that others can find life. I didn't, I didn't move my family to San Francisco so I can sit in my house alone so that I could be closer to the activities of San Francisco. I exist so that others will discover life. And I wanna invite you church to join us in that purpose that we would create a place for other people who have no idea that this God of heaven sent his son to die for them, to make a way so he could transform their life. This morning, we're gonna actually practice this because I've talked about how others can experience God and we can create a place if we will do those three things. We worship despite our circumstances, that will pave the way for others and that will keep the focus on Jesus. So right now, I think we should do that. I think it's only appropriate if I'm talking about worship that we should worship. So will you guys do me a favor? Will you stand to your feet? We're gonna worship for a couple minutes and I want us to do this. I want us to lift our voices and to, ooh, throwing things around. I want us to lift our voices this morning. And if you're in the room and you're like, I never knew that this was worship, what worship was. I never knew that we lifted our voices up and that we could literally change the atmosphere in a rented space. I wanna invite you to do that with us this morning. Come on, we're gonna put our focus on Jesus and we're gonna lift up his name. Let's do it. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we wanna pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.